International House of Horrors. Guests and welcome back to the International House of Horrors podcast, your sanctuary is spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators here at the house, Joe Merle. And I'm the other one. I'm Josh. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hello, sir. I'm doing well. And it's funny, I I was talking to Will yesterday. I did an episode with Will from Hey Down in Front. So if anybody wants to check that out, it, uh, it's out there. We talked about the Killing Joke book and the Killing Joke movie. And I was talking about, you know, the other shows and I was talking about our show. And for some reason, I I talked about those movie guys and I said, yeah, I do that one with a good friend, Phil. And I said, I do the other one with a good German, Josh. And I, <laughs> I, have, I have no idea why it came out that way, but I promise you, I think of Josh as more than just a good German. I was listening back to it and I was like, holy shit. Like, I really just said that. Um, well, I am a good German. You so are a good works. German, yeah, yeah. So it does. It fits. It works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> You're one of the good guys. Um, but no, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and yeah. And I was just telling you, I'd been doing a bunch of painting around the house, so it's kind of nice just sit down this morning and relax and talk about some spooky things, some horrible things. And I didn't get a chance to watch. I really wanted to watch that Deadly Games, but I didn't get a chance yet. I'm going to try tonight, hopefully. The uh, the French movie. Did did we talk about that? Because I feel like I'm I feel I feel like we did. Blanking. Maybe I I swear we did. Because Phil and I were talking about it. It was that one that was lost for a long time. The French movie that's kind of like Home Alone meets Die Hard. And they just released it on Shutter. They just put it out on Shutter. I don't think After- we talked about that because I it doesn't ring a bell at all. Oh yeah, well maybe okay. So there's this movie out there called Deadly Games. That was lost for a long time. I think it was lost for a long time is the way Phil explained it to me. And somebody found, happened upon it. It's from 1989. And the way it's been described to me is Home Alone meets like diehard horror. Like it's this kid against Santa setting traps all over his house, but like really violent traps. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just found it on. Yeah. And it's French, you said? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure it was French. Yeah, it looks like I found something, but it's not available over here. Of course it isn't. Of course it's not. <laughs> but uh, the, the the images on IMDb look look fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited to check it out. We did talk, Will and I talked about that yesterday as well, because he had made the comment. He's like, Josh somehow magically has seen so many movies, but not the movies you think that everybody had seen. <laughs> like <laughs> stuff like Terminator 2. And then we got to talking about stuff being banned in uh, Germany and how it is hard. It, even if it's not banned, it's just not available. Yeah, there's, there's so many movies that don't get released over here because you'd have to make a dub for it to get any audience. Right. And um, often it's probably not worth the money, I guess. <laughs> I feel like the only thing you could probably do is, but it would be a lot of work, is use like a VPN and try and set up you know, United States, Netflix accounts and things like that. Like still pay for them. I'm not telling people to go out here and rob rob these companies, <laughs> even though Netflix is doing fine, whether or not somebody shares a password. Um, but yeah, that would, I mean, it's tough. We've talked about it so yeah. many times, but every time I think about it, it's like, man, I I can't imagine being in a world where it's like, well, just can't get that movie. 
there it's just not there to get sorry yeah it's 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 hard sometimes and today we're getting into three movies that are all three hard to get because they're all banned <laughs> over here luckily right. one i got sent by you and the other two i bought on my own in my favorite video store so i'm not completely uh going blind we have right. stuff to talk about right and then it's always um you know, I, I I wish I could check out that video store you talk about and see all the different things here and there, all the band stuff. It sounds like it's fun. I think you uh, like it because they have one room that's cut off where you only get in if the boss is there. And it's all band mo movies, but all in media books and like special editions. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. See, that sounds cool. That I mean, sounds it's, really it's cool. It's all super expensive. <laughs> right. Of course. Yeah. But it's, it's good. Cool. I mean, there's the scarcity of it over there, you know, is going to drive the price up. Yeah. No matter what. But no, yeah. I'd like to, you got to send us some pictures. Send me some pictures sometime. Next time I go, um, I will. <laughs> all right. So let's kick it off like we do every week with our episode of The Twilight Zone. And this episode is number 27 from season one. It is titled The Big Tall Wish. It was written by Rod Serling. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith did a lot of the music here, which we had talked about him, you know, how much great stuff he had done. We've kind of learned through this. And it's got Ivan Dixon as Bully Jackson, Stephen Perry as Henry Temple, and Kim Hamilton as Francis Temple. Those are kind of our biggest. I mean, the other people, yeah, you've got, uh, who is the guy that wanted to, um, I think it was the Walter Lawrence Burke, was Joe Mizzle? who was the one who was talking to and wanted him to end up taking the dive. But let's do the opening narration, then we'll talk about this episode of The Twilight Zone. <clears throat> In this corner of the universe, a prize fighter named Bully Jackson, 183 pounds and an hour and a half away from a comeback at St. Nick's Arena. Mr. Bully Jackson, who by the standards of his profession is an aging over-the-hill relic of what was and who now sees a reflection of a man who has left too many pieces of his youth in too many stadiums for too many years before too many screaming people. Mr. Bully Jackson, who might do well to look for some gentle magic in the hard surface glass that stares back at him. So there we go. Pretty long narration for this one. Yeah. But really sets us up for where we're, where we're at. I mean, everything was right there. You've got Bully, Bully Jackson, who... Uh, you know, he's. We see quickly by the scars on his face that he's been around for a while. Yeah, he the, he looks bruised. Like, yeah, it was very good makeup. If I'm guessing, it was makeup, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah, we have his his little son. Is it, is it his son? Yeah, right. Or no, 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 it's no. An, neighbor boy. It's the neighbor boy. Yeah, yeah, they all live in the same apartment building, and it should be noticed that this was. I don't want to say racy for the time, but it was pretty unseen at the time to have an all principal black cast yeah, on television. I, yeah, I think like even for like for movies, I think like um, the Night of the Living Dead from '68 was like one of the first movies with a, a black lead. And yeah, now, I mean, you had some of the stuff, the Cindy uh, Cindy Portier stuff. That I think he had done before Night of the Living Dead. But either way, it was still very rare. It yeah. wasn't commonplace yet. And this was eight years earlier. <laughs> right. Yeah, for this to be 1960 and have an all-principal black cast. And, you know, you see, if you see Serling talk and you hear those things, he was very progressive. He was, uh, you know, from what I read or what I saw, at least in that documentary that was attached to the theater episodes that we had seen, they talked about... Rod and his wife marching alongside Martin Luther King, 
Like they were very involved, very progressive. So I like to think that he, you know, had a hand in this yes. and really kind of brought this stuff to the, and it's an episode that I've always enjoyed, always liked this, this episode because it, you really get the, the wonder of childhood. And I yeah. think that's something that Serling always held on to and seeing the world Again, after seeing that little documentary where he said the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being is you stop seeing the world through childlike eyes mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing the magical in the world. And that's what this whole episode is really about. Yeah. And it's I, I feel like it's very different uh, to a lot of other uh, episodes in that just the whole it's it's it feels different in a whole like um, especially because um, maybe the, the twist is that there is no twist like. This yeah. one is very special in that there, there is the twist where he he speed down and suddenly he switches up. places. Yeah, switches yeah. places and is standing and is winning again. And usually that that would be like uh, a Twilight Zone episode. Then it ends with some so, some reason behind it. And in this one, then all of a sudden, after he doesn't believe it for the longest time, it turns out yeah, it's not true, and it was just because he got knocked out so hard that he saw different things i guess right and, yeah and then he comes back and he lost and um which is still uh is, is still a good ending i really like it but it's it's different than from most of the twilight zone like this is it was all in his head and that's it like there's nothing special happening here <laughs> no and the you know with it so you've got the kid so the episode itself what's happening is bully's gonna have this fight he gets brought here or he you know some kind of slime ball type character comes up and tells him that he has to throw the fight. He wants Billy or Bully to get knocked down. And so, or, and he punches the wall. That's the thing. He punches the wall and we see that Bully's really beat up his coach or whoever it was that's in there. Whoever's doing his hand wraps for him is like, Oh, you busted a knuckle all your, you can't go in there with four broken knuckles and look how bad your hands are beat up. So Bully's really at the end of his rope and the whole time, Henry, our neighbor kid throughout the episode keeps telling him like, I'm, I can make big tall wishes, right? I'm going to wish Bully. I'm going to wish for you that you're going to win. You're going to do great things. And so Bully does get into the ring. Like you had just said, he gets knocked down and we see him get a, he's getting the 10 count and he gets all the way to nine and then freeze frame on everything. Like we get, you know, just still images of everything. And then once we come back to Bowley standing up, he's one and the opponent is down on the ground and we see Bowley going home. Everybody's telling him like, great job, Bowley. You did it. Like, good job. Use that right hook. And Bowley talks to Henry and Henry's the one who tells him, like, I made the big tall wish right at that moment. I, I wish the magic. Like, there's magic in the world, Bully, if you just believe. And Bully doesn't believe him. And he's like, you got to believe. They have this really cool exchange. I think it was, like, up on a rooftop somewhere yeah. or in a hallway. But they have this really good exchange. And this kid was really good. I liked him. And he's like, you got to believe, Bully. You got to believe. If you don't believe, the magic goes away. But what really got me was that not only that Bully comes back and none of this stuff happened... But it was Bully in a way that made the kid stop believing in magic. And the kid even says at the end, Henry tells Bully, I'm done making wishes. I, I can't do it anymore. Which is kind of tragic that yeah, really that happened to ending. this. Yeah, that, that that this happened to this to this kid. And I don't know what Serling exactly what he was trying to say with this episode, you know. 
I don't know, especially with having an all-black cast. I don't know if he was making some sort of a commentary on, you know, the state of African-Americans at the time and what they were facing in the United States because it was a very turbulent political and social landscape at the time. And, you know, I don't know if he was commenting on that and saying, you know, this sucks either way. Even if, you know, you get beat down, there's no magic to kind of bring us all out of that. It's just, so I'm not sure. I'm just speculating it's, on those those points. But overall, I think it's a really good episode and a really impactful episode. And yeah. one that I don't watch enough. I need to go back and watch this one more often because I, I think there might be something there that I'm missing. But overall, I really like it. I yeah, enjoy it, the episode. It was really well done. The, the only thing I, I, I got to uh, say is that kid... Uh, was sitting really close to the television. I think that's not good for oh, his yeah. eyes. Like yeah, he, he had his face on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if he even saw anything happening on TV because, like, he was right there. And this was like one of those old TVs where he probably felt a static on his on right his, on his yeah. face. <laughs> you could actually feel the electricity coming through the screen. Yeah, but uh, yeah, else it it was a good episode, and yeah, it took me by surprise. Also, the boxing match was filmed uh, very well. Yeah, yeah, it was I, good for the time, especially. Yeah. Was. They did a lot of cuts, the cuts that you, you tend to see where they can't spend all the time in the ring of people eating popcorn and, you know, che- cheering hands, yeah. you know, clapping hands, things like that. But overall, I thought it was it was very well done because boxing and it's amazing how far boxing video has come, you know, Creed 2. It, it, it looks like a professional boxing match, the the way they film that stuff. It's it's wild how far we've come with being able to film boxing because that is a hard thing to film you know yeah. you, you're unless you're kinda... you really want to punch each other in the face of right <laughs> right so they did a very good job with that but it's um overall very good very good episode so if you're following along with us hopefully you enjoyed that one and if you're not following along with us you should check this one out yeah. it's um it, it is it's very well done it very really good. is you should all watch Every episode, so every far episode of the Twilight Zone. Just follow so, along, even if you're not. Do it. Yeah, it's 20, 20 minutes a day. Yeah, a week. It's not uh, or a week. Yeah, twenty <laughs> minutes a week, which isn't bad at all. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the uh, closing narration here, and we can move on to the main topic for today. Mister Bully Jackson, 183 pounds, who left a second chance lying in a heap on a rosin splattered canvas in Saint Nick's Arena. Mr. Bully Jackson, who shares the most common ailment of all men, the strange and perverse disinclination to believe in a miracle, the kind of miracle to come from the mind of a little boy, perhaps only to be found in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Okay. All right. So next week, we've got a nice place to visit. So if anyone is uh, following along... That's and the episode that we'll be talking about. By next the way, week. just from the from the Blu-ray set, next week we're getting to the last disc of season one. So oh, we're, nice! We're we're slowly ending uh, the first season. I think there's only like four or five more episodes, which is crazy because it still feels like we haven't been doing this for so long. But it's already like over twenty weeks. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the fact that we're on episode twenty-eight and we skipped a couple weeks in there. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was a few weeks where we didn't. Um, where we didn't do any at all. So yeah, all it's, right. it's crazy. But now let's go on. We I, Did we announce the topic on the episode last week or did we talk about it I, right I, after? No, I think we had mentioned it at the end. We had we had talked about it a little bit and then said, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was after. <laughs> but I feel like it was in the episode. We did say that we were going to talk about 
the master of gore, the Italian master of gore, uh, Lucio Fulci. Well, to be who, correct, not not about all his movies, we picked. Oh yeah, the, the, the Gates, Gates of, Gates Hell, of Hell, Hell trilogy, the Gates of Hell trilogy, and. So Fulci, an Italian film director, screenwriter, producer, he did a tiny little bit of acting, but for the I for me, he will always be remembered for his gore. Yeah. And you know, you and I had talked about these movies a little bit, and you had even sent me a text last night or a message. We were kind of chatting back and forth. You had said, Man, it's hard. Like I just watched this stuff and they it just kind of all blends together. And it's hard to remember, you know, what's from what. And I feel the same exact way. And I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for Fulci specifically because for me, he was my first introduction to any sort of real horror outside of the United States. Was I got my hands on a copy of The Beyond, and that movie holds a very special place in my heart because it was I don't know, it gave me like I felt like I was I was reaching a whole nother place in my movie horror movie career. Yeah. You know, I, I felt like I had found something really special and I would share it with everybody. I'd be like, you've got to see this movie. You know, I'm 14, 15, like you've got to see this. It's it's so you you're never gonna believe how crazy this shit is. Yeah, for me, like uh with, with the new world, it still feels like um every every time I feel like I'm kinda bummed out on the state of horror right now because I can't find anything that really gets me going anymore. Then I find like some random Italian horror movie from the eighties <laughs> and it's, it feels like it's something completely different. Like yeah. they, they just went all for the special effects. They ignored story and the effects were amazing. And, oh, so uh, good. It, it doesn't feel like an American movie in any way. So I feel like the Italian, Italian movies are a very special place for me to go to. And I remember when I was first bummed out because I felt like I had seen every good movie in the horror genre. And then I found, the f I don't remember what exactly my first Italian movie was, but it was one of those really brutal ones. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I just fell in love and it opened a whole new world for me, basically. It, yeah. it really, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that statement. It You know, through Fulci, I found Argento, and then I found, like, all the Holocaust, or the cannibal movies, all the cannibalism movies, starting with Cannibal Holocaust, just because it was the biggest one. But you slowly, you, you're right, it opens this weird door into a whole other world of horror where if you have never spent any time... It's a cool place to hang out. Yeah, it's it's a great place to hang out. Yeah. Now, to your point, you know, as many times as I've seen these three movies, and I did watch the majority of Zombie. I didn't get to finish it, but I watched the majority of Zombie. As many times as I've seen these three movies, I think saying they don't worry about story is an understatement. <laughs> Be <laughs> because true, yeah. They, um, yeah, yeah. To say they don't worry about story is an understatement. And you have to, I think, have a little bit of that understanding going into some of these movies. And for a lot of people, myself included, these movies are just about the effects more than anything else. It really is. They, you know, I think he figured out, like, hey, I want to do this effect, this effect, this effect. How do I build a story around doing these crazy kills in these movies? Yeah. And I think with most of these movies, I, I haven't read it up if it is true for all of those. But uh, it, most of the time in, in this kind of genre, it was always like they, they would get the script like the day before shooting because it was always like the, 
it was written on the on the flow just what can we do how we can we lead from this uh, set piece yeah. to the next one and it works in some weird way like it's it's really <laughs> maybe these movies are just really rewatchable because <laughs> usually after like i remember i watched uh hannibal um uh i, I put hannibal the, the movie in uh in and watched it and every now and then i got this feeling i have seen this before this feels also familiar and then i remembered that i watched it like 10 years uh, five years before and i think last week when we uh when we did the episode i said on air that i hadn't seen the beyond right and then two days ago i watched the beyond and after i had watched it i went to letterbox to check it and i realized that i had already seen it a year <laughs> just a year ago i watched it in june of 2018 and i already right. didn't remember most of it i had like every now and then i had like this feeling i have seen this before but i thought maybe i saw it in some like gore compilation or something right and uh, so it's it's crazy with these movies and that that's the hardest part for me doing this episode is already i feel like i'm not sure <laughs> what happened in which and what exactly the story was i feel like maybe i didn't pay enough attention but i feel like it's just because there is no real story and they they all blend together in so many ways and it doesn't so the three movies the three main in the gates of hell trilogy i guess we should put those out there is the beyond city of the living dead and house by the cemetery are the ones that people consider his, even though they are in no way connected by story. You don't have to watch them in any certain order. You can watch them independently of one another. But I think, especially with these three movies, what makes it difficult is you have the same woman starring in all three movies, yeah. and so you and and they don't do much to change her appearance. She <laughs> she almost looks the same in all three of these well, movies. Well, in, so. in, uh, in the Beyond, she has like uh, weird eyes, so that's at least something. <laughs> No, no, that wasn't. She doesn't have the weird eyes till the end. True. <laughs> yeah, she she's the she's our lead throughout the whole thing. She doesn't get the the weird face until the very end when they're in the Oh, and spoiler alert, I guess for these movies before we get into them too deep, but she doesn't become um that until they're inside the painting at the very yeah, end. Yeah, true. Oh, damn. It's it's already so, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. So chronologically and you did mention last week you wanted to just throw in zombie for good measure. Yeah, because so it chronologically is, it yeah, is also zombie about, would be first. Yeah, it, it came out first and it's also basically it's not really about uh, the gates of hell opening, but it kind of is because it's about zombies coming back to life and uh killing people and putting splinters into eyes. <laughs> And Zombie is one of those weird ones where you've got many, many titles for it. You know, Zombie, Zombie 2. I think the image of the one zombie with all the maggots in his eyes is a really famous horror image, even if people don't know where it where it came yeah. from. I've seen that image quite a bit. And this was in response, if I remember correctly, and I don't know this. I, I, I may be just pulling it out of my ass, but I thought he was trying to capitalize on... Dawn of the Dead and yeah. Day of the Dead, those things being, and he put the two on there to kind of draw people in, like, hey, this might be a sequel to one of the of the Dead movies. Well, well, uh, it's it's even a bit crazier because Dawn of the Dead was released in Europe as Zombie. Oh, and so okay. In Europe, he, he named it Zombie Two as a follow -up. to capitalize on that name. Okay, so yeah. yeah. 
And in the US, it's known as uh, just zombie because there is no zombie. There's just Dawn of the Dead. And so, yeah, it's it's all it it's just made the title is just for money and it could right. be kind of a sequel it is i i don't know if i'd call it a sequel <laughs> but it could have played or been in the same universe yeah, yeah that, that's what yeah. i meant kind of like it's just like oh, a, okay, another yeah. movie uh, i i feel like it feels closer like for some reason just from the from the color palette and how it's how it looks it feels closer to dawn of the dead than for example day of the dead actually does yeah so uh it, it actually kind of works as like yeah another one of those dawn of the dead part two <laughs> yeah it's and in a lot of ways there's some great moments and and again when it comes to fulci the story is never <laughs> the important part of what you're watching and this one is really straightforward so zombie you've got a woman who's father's gone missing and so they start this adventure to a tropical island to try and figure out where he had last been they hire a boat and they say oh take us to island whatever and the guy's like well that's not on the map you know it just doesn't a lot of these islands aren't here aren't on the map but what always i always loved about zombie was one the eye splinter because that is just so well shot it, it, the fact it, that you get the eye splinter to begin with, but then you get the other shot of the other side of her face screaming, rah, you know, on the other side of the door. Yeah, it's so well done, and it, it just, it it works. Like, it looks gruesome, and to this day, you can watch this, and people will squirm. Yeah, yeah, because you actually see the eyeball. I, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> for anyone listening who doesn't know, there's a scene in Zombie where you have a woman in distress on one side of a wooden door, and you have a zombie on the other side of the door. Well, the zombie blasts both his hands through the door, and in doing that, causes a splinter of wood to become horizontal to the ground, so it's lined up right with her face, and the zombie slowly pulls her eyeball straight onto this splinter of wood, and we get these super close-up shots of her eye and the the splinter going in. Yeah, and really, so like, well very slowly. Like, it's yeah. it's almost like he, he's just slowly moving her because zombies are slow, of course. And, like, she, yeah. she, it feels like she should have any chance to get away. But, of course, that's all done to make it even more impactful. If you really see her coming closer, it's not like a quick shock and it's done. No, you no. see her face going closer and closer. And you see, oh, no. And it, it's probably really scary for the actress to shoot because she is getting really close to that yeah. thing with her eye. But <laughs> and it was so well... He, he he was so good about that, really building up to the gore moments. Like yeah. you said, they weren't they weren't quick splatter off the screen. There would be like two minutes of lead up getting into into one of these kills. And one of my favorite my other favorite moments from Zombie is they're all out on the boat. You've got this woman who says, Oh, I want to go get some uh, shots in the water. Let's stop here for a minute. And she goes down, she's swimming around in the water, topless, because <laughs> I guess that's what you do. That's how you go scuba diving, of yeah, course. Yeah, just your tank and some panties on, nothing else. And she says, oh, shit, there's a shark down here. I, I got to go back down. I need you guys to help me. And then we see a zombie actually attack and eat a shark, yeah. <laughs> which I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen. Before this movie, I don't know if we'll ever see it after this movie. <laughs> zombie versus shark. It sounds like a sci-fi movie. It, it, it sounds like, yeah, like one of those that Roger Corman would produce. <laughs> right. 
And like that, that was also probably really hard to shoot because they had a guy in full zombie makeup go underwater. Yeah, underwater. And actually, Which I'm sure they were in a pool or something like that, but even still, yeah. to be completely in makeup like that underwater was it was pretty impressive. Yeah. To see it happen. But yeah, that that's that scene describes perfectly what we talked about that he doesn't really care about story, he just has ideas for shots. And of course, this scene works much better if the woman has her boobs out. So of course she's <laughs> right. going to go down naked. And <laughs> right. uh, I I think so. I'm I'm listening to the uh, um to the Devil Times 5 podcast. We had Cliff on the show once even. And oh, yeah. I, um, and they, I, I'm still listening through the episode and they just did an episode on Italian zombie movies, uh, which is like a real good coincidence that it happened like without us planning it. But, uh, they, they talked about, I think it was on this, in, in this movie, um, the, the zombie, uh, the, the underwater zombie scene. I think Fulci wasn't even there for that shot. Now, I don't fully remember if it was that one, but I think so. That Fulci wasn't even there. It was just all done by the special effects guy. Oh, really? Yeah, because they just had the idea and they just did it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. that's uh, it, it is a cool shot. It's, it's something you don't ever see in a zombie movie, like a zombie yeah. fighting a shark. And this one stars, I don't know if you were aware, um, I think it's Tisa... Is how you pronounce it. Pharaoh is actually Mia Pharaoh's sister. Oh, is the wow. the lead? Yeah, the lead actress in this one. Which um, you know, Mia Pharaoh would go on to be in a much bigger horror movie. But uh, yeah, zombie. It's you know, it's it's fun. It's uh, I think maybe the most accessible of all of these. If someone's unfamiliar with Italian horror, because yeah. it's pretty straightforward story. The story's it's, actually there. Go find my dad who's gone. Yes, there's zombies everywhere. And then you deal with the zombie outbreak. There's not all kinds of other weird supernatural shit going on at the yeah, same time. It is much closer. But there's also the, the, the sub-story, if I remember correctly, of this other guy on the island who is like a doctor and uh, researching on these zombies. Am I remembering? Yeah, Yeah, because they keep having the conversation about voodoo and science. Yeah. Could I don't believe in that. I only believe in science. And he's trying to find a cure for what's going on. So he knows this stuff is happening because he had saw her dad, if I'm remembering right, he had saw her dad die and then come back. It might Remember, be it. His, it, the body was wrapped up and then the, the body sits back up. I, at least I'm pretty sure that was her dad. Th that might be. Yeah. But that's the problem with these movies is that there's always at least two groups of people with stories going on at the same time that meet at some point, but the cuts between them are very much at random. Like there's, there's one yeah. scene there, then there's one scene there. And so even though this is, yeah, the most straightforward, there's nothing supernatural happening other than the zombies coming back. But, uh, still it feels like, um, yeah, it's, it's confusing in times. But yeah, it, even if you don't understand everything that happens, there's still um it's you can still watch it and have fun with it because yeah, yeah, it's yeah all absolutely for the uh the gore and, and I just, yes i just pulled up the also known as tab on imdb for this movie so okay how many it, titles you got for me <laughs> a lot well it, it starts off with the original title where there's already two like just off the bat okay. there's two original titles there's zombie 2 also island of the flesh eaters which I think okay. is the title after copyright claims, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Um, then in 
I, I'm not going to do all the like Argentinian, uh, but yeah, in Australia, it's also called zombie flesh eaters. Um, let's see, there, there's some, uh, uh, then there's like, uh, in, in Europe, the English title was Island of the Living Dead. Uh, then we got, uh, yeah, a few countries just have them as zombie or zombie two. It, it, they also have a title for each country and like Greece has like three or four different titles all having zombie in them and the number two but like I can't read the rest um, then there's uh, yeah in, in Italy it was called zombie two uh, in Japan it was called zombies two <laughs> uh, <laughs> then wait let's see uh, in the Netherlands yeah zombies zombie flesh eaters it's it's often the same but now let's see when I get to the US. There's Zombie, there's Zombie 2, The Dead Are Among Us, Zombie Flesh Eaters, and, uh, oh yeah, in Germany it was also known as Voodoo. Or oh, really? Voodoo, Die Schreckensinsel der Zombies, which means the scary island of the zombies. <laughs> was it banned in Germany? It still is. <laughs> oh, it still is banned in Germany. Yeah, I, I uh, got to see that one because uh, some good friend from the US sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a super cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and I, I get why this one might be banned and, and a lot of his stuff would possibly be banned in different <laughs> markets because it is very brutal. Like we, we said it and we'll continue to say it. You come to these movies for the gore and the special effects. Yeah. Just to, because some of the effects, especially as we move along. So if you don't have anything left about zombie, um, we'll, we'll get right into the Gates of Hell trilogy with the first one that came out in 1980, and that was City of the Living Dead. So a year after zombie, and it was right. uh, the second movie Fulci did that year. Before that, he did Contraband. Right. So, uh, and a TV miniseries of six episodes. This, this guy is that's the work ethic of these directors in the 80s they just would sh pump out movies just, right just keep doing it yeah. just keep making it happen so city of the living dead from 1980 also it's always a toss-up uh, also known as in germany as a zombie ha uh, hanged by the bell rope that's what it's called in germany yeah <laughs> but he wasn't a zombie yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, zombie I like was, it. Well, the first uh, Dawn of the Dead was called Zombie. That was a big hit. So now every movie has the word zombie. It has the word zombie in it, in the yeah. title. Um, okay, so written and directed by Fulci. You have, well, this one written. deals with, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. This one has, um, so we're dealing with the Salem uh, kind of witch trial. Not the Salem witch trials, but we're dealing with the aftermath of the stuff that had happened in Salem, Massachusetts. And so what you've got is this tiny little town. What was it? Dunwich? The small little yeah, town of Dunwich so. where a priest had hung himself. And what happened with that is it triggered the gate of hell, wherever this gate of hell was at. This priest hanging himself is what actually triggered that. And now we've got a psychic and a reporter on the the trail of this guy and trying to close the gates of hell. They realize something has happened. And we get that from the beginning because the movie opens up with a seance of sorts, which I never really understood why they buried her. And was she alive? Was she not alive? I, I feel like they thought she was dead, but did. But then she came back. I. I with these movies, I really, 
I, I can make guesses, but that's as far as I can get. Like, it's th she is buried so that she can fight her way out and almost be hacked to death by the guy rescuing her with with his pickaxe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real close to killing her. We, we, and and this is our introduction to I think Catriona. It's, I don't know how you'd say her name. Catriona McCall. Yeah. yeah maybe Catriona McCall. Yeah. Mary so Woodhouse. she's the right. She's the one who we will see throughout the rest of these three movies. She's the one who is going to be in all of these and she's really good. I enjoy her as an actress. Yeah. So she plays the psychic character. They're having this, the seance. She starts to see a vision of someplace called Dunwich. And then I think she even sees the, a vision of the, the preacher and she's screaming and all this stuff. And then they think she died. Yeah. They're psycho. And you got this cop that comes in. He's a real dick about it. He's like, oh, you want me to believe this stupid mumbo jumbo? Yeah, you guys are a bunch of crazy people. And then some weird fire just happens from the other room, just <laughs> out of the floor. It's yeah, it's uh, that. I maybe that's the gates of hell starting to. I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe there's a fire. Opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then and, she, and she's buried, and um, there's this one. I think he's a journalist, a reporter. Yeah, yeah, he's a reporter. Who's interested in the uh, in something and <laughs> goes to the? Well, he was well, he was interested because he tried talking to the first cop, and he's like, "I heard there was a weird, mysterious death at this this seance thing," and so he ended up going to the grave because he knew she was going to be buried that day. And I guess I don't know. He thought it might give him some insights into what was going on. Yeah. Then we've got the grave workers who they're <laughs> like, "Hey, it's union hours. It's five o'clock." <laughs> We're leaving. So they just leave her barely even buried. Just yeah. casket casket halfway out of the ground. But whatever, casket I guess. is in. There's some dirt on it. It's enough. Nothing will right. happen. <laughs> it's good enough for now. Nothing's going to happen. And then our journalist friend starts to hear her inside of the coffin. And he takes a long time to go investigate what's going on inside that coffin. We see her struggling for air. So he grabs a, an axe. A pickaxe, yeah. <laughs> right. And just starts slamming it into the... Instead of just trying to open the, the lid of the coffin, which he easily could have. He was standing right on top of it. Yeah. And we get these really cool shots, though, of the pickaxe, you know, coming right close to her face or just to the side of, of her face inside that coffin. Yeah, which I feel like was also probably really scary to shoot. Like, just... Yeah. But they, it is, this is Italian filmmaking. They don't care about their people. They just But I wonder... It. I wonder if when they shot that, they did it in reverse. You know what I mean? Like put the pickaxe in and then pulled it out and then just played the film backwards. But didn't they like break the, the wood? Like I, I feel like you would see the wood breaking when he hits the, when it enters. So. Uh, yeah, but I think even if you played it backwards, you know what I mean? Like, wow. Well, I feel like it's yeah, because darkness then. She's coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, so. I see what you're saying. I'd have to rewatch it to yeah. But yeah, it's maybe they just did it. Like I, I feel like they would have. Like just like maybe exactly mark the spot and don't move and we'll oh, get it. Fuck. Yeah, that's, don't move your head. Yeah, but yeah, that that's like already I, I was I was wondering like how stupid is this guy? Like, oh, there's someone <laughs> maybe living in the coffin. Let me put the pig right. deep into the face area. Right. Like he could have started yeah. at the legs. But no, right at the face. <laughs> right at the face. And then we're going to aim right for the Don't heart. Move. <laughs> yeah. Stay right where you are. Um, 
And, and, and you're right. Can you imagine <laughs> that movie just like ending right away because he just hits her in the face, bland, and it's over, and she right. never comes out, and that's it. <laughs> and and alongside of this, we've got all the stuff happening. We keep seeing images of stuff happening in Dunwich, like some gentleman at a bar, the foundation of the building cracks, all of the concrete cracks open, some weird smoke starts coming out. Yeah, and he thinks and like, we, oh, that's it's an old building that happens. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the whole wall just cracks in half. <laughs> For I'm no gonna reason. lose all my cu- I'm gonna lose all my customers. <laughs> yeah, and the big thing is they're racing against the clock here before All Saints Day uh, because on All Saints Day, if nothing happens, all the dead all over the world are gonna rise up and and kill the living. And so we've got some amazing zombie effects going out throughout or going on throughout this entire thing. We also have a side story with this local pervert named what was his name? Bob. I think his name was Bob. Yeah. He, he was the one that had the blow up doll <laughs> yeah, out in the out in the cabin, and then he's sleeping in the back of the girl's car where we get that fucking crazy kill of him getting the drill right through the side of his head. Uh, that 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 is like that is what this movie is for me. Like that that scene. If I think of that movie, I think of that scene with the drill in into the head. Because on on the one hand, um, it's kind of like very much over the top. Because this is not a zombie or anything attacking him. This is just the girl's dad right, attacking yeah. some random pervert in in the garage. Like he didn't even I. He was a, like his daughter even liked him. Like they, they, they were. Yeah, yeah. She liked and, him. They were gonna, they were gonna smoke a joint and hang out. She's yeah. like, hey, you wanna, you wanna smoke this joint? And then, and then her the dad, dad like <laughs> smacks her out of the way and then grabs onto him. Like, what are you trying to do with my daughter? And puts him on. It's like a drill press, but laid on its side. So imagine, yeah, it's it's a drill press, but it's it's sideways and it's coming right into. This the side of this dude's head, yeah. right into his like temple cheek area. And it, what what's so well done about this is that we see like the 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 thing moving, and we see his head. And like usually, there's like this this one scene, like right before he moves, <coughs> where we see the uh, the the head change to like a plastic head or something else. Like there's there's usually one cut, and then we see a fake head getting slammed into the right. into the drill. But with this one. There's impact with the drill in the shot where the face is still moving and he's talking. Yeah. And then the the drill enters. Then there's a cut, yeah. But uh yeah, I, I'm still not sure. Maybe they shot some no, they that can't also be shot in reverse. I have no idea how they did it. Yeah, I was I, I was trying to figure it out as I was watching, you know, do you have a drill bit of some sort that once it makes the pressure, it you know retracts in on itself? Like you know, yeah. like it it, it absorbs. I don't know. And maybe like then a, you little, the drill. a little blood back uh, on the skin that's colored in the same color as the skin, so that it pops once he uh, right. Yeah, make- once he makes contact. But then you had the drill coming out the other side of the face. Like <laughs> yeah. this dude, this girl's dad didn't just stop once he killed this dude. He put it all the way through his entire face. Yeah, yeah, coming out <laughs> the other side. And and for you, you know, you remember this movie for this. I remember it from the couple in the car <laughs> and the intestines. This, so you have a couple who's driven out to some sort of, you know, place just to sit and be romantic, whatever, have sex. And 
she's like, I hear something, I hear something. And that's the thing that happens throughout the majority of this movie is right before all this bad shit starts happening to people, they'll see the the priest that had hung himself. Yeah. They'll see him either hanging or just standing there off in the distance. And so they see him. And the priest just stares at this woman in the car. Her eyes start to bleed, almost like bloody tears. And then she just starts to vomit up intestines. More all intestines kinds of intestines than a buddy can hold. Right. <laughs> She's just but going the, at it. And, and the first couple, though, they actually had them. I believe I remember reading a production note that she had some of the intestines just in her mouth and then spit them that's, out. That's the Ugh. only way it would work. Because then we see that that's the... Uh, you you could say problem with these uh, with these special effects is you often see like the switch from real to fake head <laughs> right so like there's there's this clear scene like first she's just she had something in her mouth spitting it out but then there's this cut and then suddenly it's a fake head and it's just flowing like you can right. see there's there's someone it's like a, a fire hose of intestines coming <laughs> yeah. out yeah but it, it it still it looks awesome and disgusting and it's so well done. And yeah. you know uh, the the boy, her boyfriend in the car, like the guy who gets his uh, his his brain taken out from the back of his head because yeah, I guess that's a really soft spot on your head to, <laughs> to go through. Uh, that guy uh, is uh, a famous director. Um, the guy is uh, Michel uh, Suavi. He was also a bit part in uh, a small part in the Demons movie in the first one, but he's also the director of Symmetry Man. So oh, Della really? Della More, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, the director yeah, of him, Symmetry him Man. Yeah, his brain ripped out was good. Yeah. And he did that scene another time as well in this movie. Like, uh, right. another guy gets the exact same treatment of just, like, having... I don't know, they just kind of grab his head from the back and pull the brain out. It's... it's a, somehow they get through the skull yeah. and... And they get the brain out the back of it. And it, it makes no it, sense, it, but that's not the point of this movie. It, no, <laughs> not the point at all. And it makes for a really cool effect. It looks, it looks awesome. really good. And then we've got, you know, we'd be remiss not to mention the actual zombie makeup looks really good in this one. Like, I feel better than even zombie. Well, zombie had some really good ones. But the, the little girl make up the sister of the little boy where he's like, Oh, I saw her. I saw Emily or whoever it was. Um, her makeup looked fantastic. And all of them, once we got near the end of it and there were, I can't even remember where they all are. Like you, it all just kind of blurs together, but they're in some kind of under, they're in the tomb. I think they're they in the, the tomb, tomb of the priest who hanged himself. Yes, that's right. But they're in the tomb. Of, they're in the tomb of the priest. And you've got all the zombies coming in from all different directions, doing a bunch of murder and on people. And that's, I mean, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, that, that really? uh, well, there, there's one more scene uh, when, so we, we have these two fractions meeting, like the, the people in the town and then our lead who comes from out of town. And then there's this scene where they're standing in this, uh, in this room and it's just a storm of maggots. Oh, uh, yeah. Like a literal storm. Like it's just filling everything up. And for some reason, they're also like, the people are starting to bleed because the, the maggots are just sticking to their faces. And right. like, it looks very much like someone came and glued them some maggots to the face. <laughs> because oh, that's all the maggots were all over the phone and everything. Yeah. Everywhere. Like yeah. the, the whole yeah, floor they were is everywhere. maggots. <laughs> ah, that was gross. Yeah. That was super gross, but super good. Yeah. It, it was, it was really well done. And I think it says like they used just lots of maggots and like two wind machines. And just like blue, 
That's also like one of those scenes where I wouldn't want to be an actor in that scene of just standing right. there while there's like thousands and millions of maggots flying around everywhere. Your face. Yeah. yeah, everywhere. <laughs> oh, it was so gross, but it was so good. I really yeah. like City of the Living Dead. I think it's, you know, it's a great movie. Probably I enjoy it the most after The Beyond. Yeah, I think but The Beyond. It's, so yeah, go on. Go ahead. Okay. For me, it's, I think, my favorite movie just because uh, this is like one of the, the first ones of those I've seen. Uh, also, this was another one uh, that has a little story connected to it where um, when I first started getting into movies, like this was at least 10 years ago, my dad said like he remembers this one movie he saw as a kid that's called uh, A Zombie Hung from the Bell Rope. Yeah. And I, uh, and I looked it up and rented it on like Amazon did uh, like what you had with Netflix where they sent out DVDs for us. Oh, yeah. Amazon did yeah. that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. they Because Netflix never did that over here, but Amazon did. And, okay. um, and I ordered that, but that was probably a cut version. I don't remember much about the movie. I remember at the time it didn't make any sense. But what's <laughs> the, the hard point with this movie, like it barely makes sense with everything in. And now if you cut <laughs> right. all the gore out, there's just nothing there. <laughs> right. But that was the first time I watched it, and then when I saw it, like ten years later, in a in a uh, in my favorite video store, I bought it and watched it with my dad that night. <laughs> and Did he yeah, like it when he watched it the second time? Yeah, I, I feel he still liked. Like he he thought it was totally fucked up, but he liked it. Yeah, <laughs> and like this <laughs> nice. this was so this was one of those movies my dad watched as a as a not as a little boy, but as like a, a teenager, a younger like, man. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in the age that I started getting into movies, my dad would watch like these kind of movies. And he, he loves uh, Dawn of the Dead, by the way. Like that's like, he always talked about that. Uh, no, but that's yeah, super cool. Um, also, I got to say with this movie, I just love the cover. It's yeah. like the, the, yeah, the, the, the poster with, the, with just her face with the pleading eyes. Then there's a, a guy burning to the right. There's like the body hanging from the top, but you don't see the head. It's just... It looks all. It's I think my favorite of the three covers. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Although the Beyond is also really cool. That's a good cover. That is a good cover, and that is our next one up chronologically is the Beyond, and so the Beyond, as I'd mentioned earlier, is the one for me, and I think is my favorite because it was the first one that I was introduced to. Now, the Beyond, and even more so, House by the Cemetery, is where you start really getting into some weird supernatural stuff where, that it's hard to follow. It, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the story itself is pretty straightforward. You have, um, or I guess she was going as Catherine McCall in all of these movies. It looks like that's how she had her name listed. So she <laughs> plays Liza. And Liza inherits an old hotel in Louisiana. Well, no, we open up first. We see the history of the hotel where they kill the guy. Yeah, and I think this is, in my opinion, the best gore of the three of these. This this movie has the best stuff in it. So they get this guy. You have a bunch of dudes in little boats coming through the swamp. They show up with, you know, torches and all this stuff. They go into his hotel. He's reading a book upstairs, and they take him down to the basement, pin him to the almost like crucify him. They nail his wrists into the walls, and then they use this like cat of nine tails and just start ripping flesh off this dude. Yeah, and like really like gory. Like it's it's not yeah. like you usually would see like whips. Like there's some there's some blood coming. No, 
they're ripping skin off chunks of, of flesh yeah, yeah off his face off his um and you've got the i love the score to this movie it's you know probably my top 10 horror scores of all time i think the the score to the beyond is so good Really but they're true. ripping, like you said. I mean, whole chunks of his face. And Fulci always did this weird thing, though. When blood would come out, you'd hear, like, water sounds. Little water noises. But you huge chunks of flesh off his face, off his body, everywhere. And then they leave him down there and cover him in brick or something like that. Kind of like a Edgar Allan Poe story. So, fast forward all these years. We've got Liza, who inherits this old hotel... She sets it up as this is kind of my last chance. You know, I have to make this work. Things weren't working for me in New York. I tried this job, that job, whatever. So I've really got to get this thing up and running. There were a few workers who she inherited with the hotel um, that kind of came. I can't remember their names. The names really aren't that important, to be honest. I think one is the the, the guy, uh, the Joe. One is, is Arthur. The- no, I thought Joe was the plumber. Oh, no, I thought the Arthur. Right. Yeah, Arthur and I can't remember who the other woman was. Maybe it was Martha. But yeah, yeah. Joe was Joe was the plumber she has to call. She's like, hey, we got all this flooding in the basement, but there's no water coming out of the, the faucets. We got to get this stuff fixed. She really wants to get this hotel opened. And she takes off into town on this long stretch of road that apparently only she's the only person who's ever driven on it. Cause it's this huge, long, like a bridge almost. And she's on this thing and there's just a blind girl standing in the middle of the road with hyper cataracts eyes. I don't yeah. even know if you'd call it. Cat- I don't know what you would call it. Yellow eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's crazy, but not yellow as in color of the eye, like a, a yellow film over the entire eye itself. And she's standing there with her seeing eye dog. And she tells her, oh, I'm I'm Emily and you're Liza and don't go in that house or don't go in that hotel. Kind of warning her, stay away from this place. And then we get Joe who dies down in the basement, which Joe's death is brutal. His eyeball pulled right the fuck out of his skull like yeah. that. Yeah, he, you get a He really a loves hand. eyeballs. <laughs> he does, yeah. He Well, I think he knows that no matter who you are, eye stuff is always going to make you cringe. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we can all think of, oh, that'd be, that'd be horrible. But he gets uh, this hand comes flying out of nowhere and the one finger just digs straight into Joe's eye. And we see it slowly, you know, popping, popping out the other side as it's digging in there. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm getting pain in my eye just thinking <laughs> yeah. about it. Yeah. And then you get the scratches like right down his face, I think, after. And yeah. Joe's left dead in the basement. And then all these accidents just start happening <laughs> all over the place. As she's she's trying to figure out what's going on in the hotel. So we've got Joe who died down there. And then I can't remember who died next. Oh, you had the guy who fell off the scaffolding. That was one of the accidents that had happened. Yeah. And don't we have like that one scene uh, with uh, some woman where it's like basically like the uh, the splinter in the eye scene from uh, uh, from zombie. But the other way around where the, the splinter, the, the piece of wood goes through the back of her head and pulls the eye out. Oh yeah, pokes the eye right out the front. <laughs> yeah, Which yeah, is, you're right. Ah, that movie is just. <laughs> and I, and I think Joe essentially opened reopened the gate when he was digging around through the wall. So I'm, I'm sure he by, while doing plumbing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Accidentally opens a gate to hell. And so Liza's trying to figure out everything that's going on in this hotel. We get the scene at the hospital with the little girl. And uh, the liquid that dumps 
You you remember that container falls? Is over? that a hospital or is it the morgue? Because there's the deaf bodies uh, in the whole room. Yeah, and I thought yeah. they were attached to one another because he's the doctor, and they go to the hospital at the end. He's like, "We got to go to the hospital." Ah, uh, yeah. But maybe. then there's a bunch of bunch of dead bodies yeah. in there too. It doesn't but, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But yeah, that that scene is is great, and it's also um, yeah when when she I I don't know how she died exactly because she's just lying on the floor all of a sudden. Like yeah, there's this weird cut where she's standing there, then she sees something, she screams, the daughter runs in, and the woman is lying on the floor, and then yeah the the fluid is dripping on her face and slowly yeah. melting it off. And that Because she was she was Joe's wife, right? And that I, was Joe's kid? I, I think so. Because I thought not. she was in there to do something with the body. I thought the yeah, yeah. mom was yeah. I, I felt like maybe like identify him or something once again. Yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, but then she all of a sudden screams. We cut to the girl coming in and she's laying on the floor. Like maybe they cut something out there that it was supposed to happen. Right. She's but, just on the ground and then there's this weird liquid melting her face away. Yeah. But that scene like I'm I'm used to a lot. Like I've watched a Serbian film twice. But that scene <laughs> of the of the liquid uh melting her face for for even for my taste went on too long and was too gruesome. <laughs> like I I felt getting sick during that scene. Yeah, because it really is like melty, foamy blood running all down into the drain. Yeah, it was gross. It was really gross. But for me, the scene in this that always bothered me, even when, even though it looks like a lot of it looks really fake, is the scene in the library with the tarantulas. When, so you've got this gentleman who goes to the library to find. I think he goes to find the, yeah, the original blueprints for the hotel is what he's going. And the guy tells him, oh, well, they're in this section, that section. I'm going to go get some lunch. I'm going to lock the door. I'll leave you alone. Don't worry about it. So we know some bad shit's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and this dude falls off a ladder and can't move. And then all of a sudden he's surrounded by spiders, tarantulas. And if that's not bad enough, the idea of spiders crawling all over you, these tarantulas continue on to just eat this guy's face, eat his his eyeballs, who end up... Um, oh, I don't know why my Google Hangouts thing just popped up. But yeah, they end up eating his... Like, at one point, one spider like gets into his mouth and starts pulling chunks of the tongue out, yeah. but severing it with the little the little pinchers and the fangs. And they're... They, you know, it looks really silly once the fake spiders are in there because they're clearly... Very spake fighter and the shots from, but it's supposed to be his point of view where it's just a spider on a piece of glass and they're, they're filming up from, from underneath yeah. it. But the effects of all of that, I mean, them like digging into his eyeball and you have these really like, like this sound, you know, the, the sound design was really good. This very insecty noise is the best way I can describe it. But as all these things are just eating this guy, it's fucking horrible to watch. And it goes on for like three minutes. These spiders yeah, are eating this dude. I feel with this movie the most, like he just went on and didn't stop. Like usually he would stop after a while. But with this one, yeah, with the melting face, with the spiders, it just goes on and on and you're just watching. And <sighs> it, it never gets boring because it's really so fucked up that you right. just like want to look away, but also can't. <laughs> And the, and the effect itself is so good that yeah. you're just, you know, he he nailed, like, blood coming out of wounds. Like, it really is just horrific. 
And and so we get now everything's really going bad. Liza's starting to figure something out because the doctor even tells her she's like, oh, that blind girl, Emily, came over. And he's like, what blind girl? No blind girl lives in that house. And she sees the book. And I think it was the book of Enoch in this one as, as well, the same as it was in the house by the or not house by the cemetery, but city of the living dead. They were doing the book of Enoch at the beginning that had whoever, whatever witch or whoever she was. So Liza keeps seeing this book in different places, keeps hearing about this book. And Emily continues to tell her like, you got to go, you got to go. Don't stay here. And then we get the scene with Emily where she's alone in the room and all of these, you know, monsters are standing around her kind of undead creatures are standing around her. And she makes the comment, I don't want to go back. You know, I don't want to go back. So we're led to believe that she was in whatever this place was. And I don't know if we got the quote yet where we get that quote from the book, like, you will walk through the shadowy darkness of whatever, blah, blah, blah. The same quote that we got at the end. But it lets us believe that there is some other plane of existence. And Emily had been there. And she starts telling, what was the dog's name? Diggy? Diggy, something like that. Diggy, Let me see I think. if I can find that name because usually the dogs are credited, but yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And and so she's alone in this dark room. We see everything around her. She's with her dog. And that's where she starts screaming for the dog to attack. She's like, Diggy, attack, attack them. And the dog does good for a while. Yeah. The dog, yeah. you know, attacks these, these undead beings that are in the room with her and then the dog comes back over to sit by her the dog's covered he's got blood all over one side of his face and then the first time i saw this i remember this really fucked with me the fact that this happened the dog out of nowhere just turns around and gets her right in the throat yeah it just, just bites her right but but falchi of course couldn't just stop there he had, then has to show the side of her head where the dog rips her whole ear off and pulls all this flesh off the side of her head and it's just blood spraying everywhere yeah it's this whole movie is so fucked up. Yeah, and that, uh, and then isn't there somewhere before that the scene where the, oh yeah, where after the the woman is um is uh killed by the fluid where the the face melts, aren't there right after that like zombies attacking the little girl? I don't think uh, the zombies attack her yet, but her eyes turn. Yeah, exactly. Her so eyes, does, yeah, yeah. I think the zombies move as well. Like I don't know if they attack her, but they move towards her. Like. There's like people getting yeah, up because and moving. She, well, she's, yeah, because she's still around at the end of the movie. She's still in that room yeah. when they go back to the hospital. So I don't know if they killed her or she just became a part of the evil. Yeah. But yeah, know? her eyes turn uh, turn yellow at that point, like blind. Yeah, and because at the end, the doctor shoots her and her fucking whole front of her face explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it blows up everywhere. Also, maybe I forgot who that was, but next to Joe, there was this like really horrific body is there ever explained what that yeah, is or was I, thought it just that, there? I thought that was the the guy the original guy who was in the hotel because oh. his body got left behind there that whole time i thought that was like some time ago like a longer time ago and not just like oh someone I, was brutally murdered there let's move in <laughs> no i think it was still supposed to be like a hundred years in the past but he was just i don't know kept alive by the evil <laughs> like didn't completely deteriorate because of the evil. But yeah, I thought that was always him in the basement. The one who killed Joe was the the guy who was originally killed at the beginning of the movie. Okay, that might be. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, so now all of the shit has really hit the fan and Liza and the doctor are trying to figure out what to do about all of this. So I don't remember what prompted them to head to the hospital, but I do like the scene when they leave the house. Oh, cause they see the bad shit start happening in the house. And they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. But as soon as they get in the car, I like the scene where all the lights turn on in the house and you see all the different shadows everywhere. Like there's all this evil inside here waiting to come out. But once they get to the hospital, there's fucking dead people everywhere. It's like a full-on zombie, zombie undead type apocalypse that's happening. And he's a really not the best shot in the world. Even after he figured out you got to shoot him in the face, he kept shooting a couple of them in the body. Yeah, and just nothing happens. Like the like usually we get at least like some movement, but they just like there, there's something popping up, but that's it. They they don't even feel the impact. Like right now yeah nothing at all there's no force no nothing and that's where we run back into the little girl she's now crazy trying to kill them and she gets shot in the face and she's the only one her her whole head explodes the whole front of her head just blows right off it was like a scanners i mean the whole head just blows up (laughs) and so we're we're now navigating the hospital they find one more survivor but he ends up getting killed and it's just liza and i think his name was david I'm not. Let me look at the. Uh, I don't know Dr. the John. actors. Yeah, Doctor. Which is weird that the actor's name was David. Maybe I peeked at that. And <laughs> um, so yes, he, him, and Liza are running around the hospital. They end up going through a door, which puts them right back in the hotel. And he says, "This isn't possible. Like this isn't rational. I don't know why this is happening." They take off together and end up in the painting that the man had been doing when they came into the room to kill him initially. And it's supposedly the sea of the darkness or whatever it is, because you get that quote again at the end. They take off running into the darkness. Then we get a close-up on both of their faces and their eyes have gone Yeah, the the gross canatonic yellow. And that scene, I got to say, is probably visually, like in a non- horror gory way my favorite shot in all of the movies like when yeah, they're standing really there cool. at the end in like this desert kind of place it it's really it, it looks awesome and like what what i want to add to all these movies is they're not really the best shot movies ever like they're usually no. they look low budget other than the effects they look like yeah there, there was some guy with ideas but not really that he's not that good <laughs> Right. And uh and so some th- weird like close ups on the eyes a lot. You would get you know, it would go around the room and show the eyes of every single person who was sitting in the room together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did uh, get some weird shots in these. Yeah, it it felt like some amateur doing the movie, but the effects were great and like that one scene looked really cool. Yeah, it was uh, good. And you could even even the sound design in that scene, you had the score behind everything and then you could hear different like out in the shadows beyond the darkness yeah exactly and couldn't we even see like some monsters in the end like walking or maybe i'm just remembering that wrong yeah i don't think so but maybe but i don't think so it's it's kind of crazy with these movies like i i watched the beyond yesterday or two days ago and it already yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember scenes. <laughs> yeah, 
But I'm, I'm glad I got right. you uh, going through the through the plot because I would be lost. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's how a lot of people remember these movies. When people, whenever someone brings up zombie, I'm like, oh, that fucking eye splinter was yeah. so bad. You know, you think about those moments in these movies because that's really what they are. I don't think they would have been as successful or regarded so highly by horror fans had it not been for the special effects. Yeah, That's really what sure. these movies are, especially with the next one. So the last one in the Gates of Hell trilogy, The House by the Cemetery from 1981. Yeah, the same year that uh, uh, The Beyond came out. It's all the same year. And on my IMDb, it's actually listed the other way around, that it's first House by the Cemetery and then uh, oh, uh, The really? Beyond. Yeah, but also there's there seems to be another movie in 81 in the middle there called The Black Cat. So like Fulci made at least three movies in 81. <laughs> so he was like the original McKay, just making hundreds of movies. Yeah, he, he um, just made them like a few each year. And like, well, it's it's easy because he used the same people. <laughs> just right. did, did this uh, did uh, did gory scenes over and over and uh, put some plot around it <laughs> barely put some plot around it especially yeah. with this one this movie i had it as in my youth as a teenager i had a copy of this and i i even back then and even today i still don't 100% know what the fuck is going on in this movie it is so i feel like there's pieces of it the supernatural pieces that I we just don't get enough information on to truly know what's happening. Like with the little girl and the little girl, like, and I know we got that, that bit at the end about where the, whoever it is takes both the kids away, but I don't fully understand what's I, going on in this. Yeah. I so know there's evil in the basement <laughs> and they had mentioned the book of one of the books, book of Abram maybe was in this one. Maybe not. Yeah. But it and could have been that same book of Enoch that they're talking about, this super old text. Yeah, and the but, evil in the basement is Dr. Freudstein, who's like this. Right, but he was a horrible person, but I don't know if he was doing like weird satanic stuff, trying to open the gates of hell. I, I don't I feel like we don't we don't get a ton in this one. But more <laughs> even more so than that, I'm fine with that story. I'm like, yeah, evil doctor buried in the basement, did bad shit, bad shit happens, okay. But more than that is the relationship of Bob and the little girl who just keeps appearing. Like, first she's in the window of the picture, and Bob's got, man, whoever did the ADR for Bob, that's a rough <laughs> child's voice. Mommy! Mommy! Yeah, like it, it, it sounded a lot like some, some woman doing just, like, right. not even really trying to, like, she's trying to so hard to be a kid that it feels so forced from the voice. <laughs> right. And and with this one, we've got a family, Bob and his parents. Again, Catherine McCall is in there. And then her husband, uh, what was his name? Norman. Yeah. He So they're going to move into this house for some sort of research. He's got to do some research. He's like picking up, I want to say, where Freudstein left off. But as he digs a little bit deeper, he finds out that Freudstein was doing some weird shit along the way, like some dark, dark arts type of study. And so they get into the house and we start seeing, I don't even remember who dies first in this one. Isn't it the babysitter? Was she the first? Because that would have been a long way in. But you might be right. Yeah. And the babysitter. 
She and she was super fucking weird. Like I didn't understand that either. You know the the scenes where she would be sitting talking to Lucy, and Anne would just stand there and stare at her. She wouldn't do anything. She would just stand there. Even when Anne was cleaning up all the no, Anne couldn't have died first because the the realtor. Remember they wanted to leave the house, and the woman comes to the house to look at it. The the realtor, and then the she gets killed. Her leg gets stuck in the the tomb because oh, yeah. they find that tomb in the living room or wherever it was, <laughs> and her leg gets stuck. And then the monster comes over, kills her, drags her body away. And then the next day we see Anne cleaning up the blood, but Lucy never says anything about the blood. <laughs> She's not like, hey, why are you cleaning up blood all over the floor? She's like, what are you doing, Anne? I made some coffee. Oh, thank you. Goes over and just gets a cup of coffee, completely disregards that Anne's cleaning a pool of blood in the kitchen. Yeah, it's, because, it's weird, yeah, that, man. That's what you do. That, when I make coffee, there's always blood in the kitchen. <laughs> the right. That's like right. how it goes. <laughs> right. And the... Um, I got to say, so, with this movie, this is probably the... I remember the least of it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was in the middle Maybe it's just like the least memorable. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think it is the least memorable. There, there's some great moments in this movie, but as a whole, it's it's definitely at the bottom of my list of these four movies total. Because and it, it primarily is just because of the stuff you don't you you can't really understand what's going on. Yeah, like Bob can psychically talk to this little girl, or she can psychically talk to Bob. Bob's playing with her weird. Dull, and then bad shit starts happening in the house. They want to leave, but they can't. And a bunch of people end up dying. And we've got scary Dr. Freudstein down in the basement who ends up killing a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't and know what else to. I, I remember there's there's another there's another scene in this one where like, well, in this one, it's kind of makes sense because Freudstein is actually holding the kid's head right to the door. But still, oh, yeah. the, the dad shouts, move away. And then just... Hits the eggs into the door and almost kills his own kid because, yeah. Really close to the kid's face. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to get in like, Bob, Bob, what's wrong? And then the dad comes up, where's my axe? Bob, get away from the door. And his head is just being held straight against it. I don't know why Freudstein didn't just kill Bob right then and there. <laughs> but he holds his head against the door and they end up getting through. But then they both end up dying and Bob escapes through the crack in the tomb from upstairs, he gets out of the basement through this crack in the floor. And then there's the little girl. And I don't know if she was supposed to be Peterson's kid. Cause he was studying Peterson's work. That's what it was. And then that led him to Freudstein, but Peterson had killed his mistress right before he killed himself. I don't know if that was supposed to be like Peterson's wife and daughter or Freudstein's wife well, and daughter. On uh, on on IMDb, uh, the the girl is credited. I think that's the girl as uh, May Freudstein. Oh yeah, so, so it was. Yeah, so she had to have been the ghost of Freudstein's yeah. kid. Kid, yeah, probably. Who also, was trying to help out Bob? What What's interesting looking on IMDb is this uh, this movie. Um, well, of course, like Lucio Fulci is in the screenplay, but there's also a story by Elisa Preganti. And um, at least to I, according to IMDb, I, I'm not sure what their source is, but it says here, uh, insp uh, with, without credit, inspiration by H.P. Lovecraft. So oh, I'm not sure okay. if, they, if they just wrote that in there to put it in there or if he actually like 
if there's like some reason they say it because like the Dunwich Horror that was the other movie like Dunwich uh, right. the Dunwich Horror is uh, is uh, uh, Lovecraft. Well, but what was what was that Lovecraft story? The Shunned House. Are you familiar with the Shunned House? I don't Where think so. Fucking evil takes place in that house. There's it's really it's it's good. Ah, so and maybe that's. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, with, wouldn't surprise with, me. Wouldn't surprise me. With Lovecraft, uh, not everything made sense all the time when you read that sto- those stories because it was all about the supernatural, crazy things happening. So, <laughs> and hating hating Jewish people, <laughs> fucking Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, uh, that guy was something. I love his work, but man, the more I learn about him as a human being, he yeah. was a. Uh, he was something special. Yeah, he really was. But like, especially the stuff where he's like thought everybody else in the room was stupider than he was, <laughs> and that's why he wrote the way he wrote a lot of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, and made some anti-Semitic remarks here and there. <laughs> <laughs> but he also married a Jewish woman later on. Oh, did he? I didn't yeah. know that. I think what I, what I heard is that um, he basically just hated people because he was always. <laughs> He was always a recluse. He was, he learned from his mother to not trust anyone and not go out. And then he, he just inherited like hating Jews, even though he right. didn't, he didn't know anything about Jews. And then he met this girl, fell in love with her and she was Jewish and that was okay for him. Like he had, because he didn't hate special people. He just hated, like, hated everyone. Yeah, basically. Okay. All right, that makes a that but, that makes it a little bit better. Yeah, but he is he was just in general like a weird guy. I think his mother dressed him up as a girl when he was a little kid. Yeah, like, he was he was a weirdo. That is yeah. for sure. And you read any of his books, he was a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so that makes a little bit more sense now that I know because I don't think we ever get in the story itself that that was Freudstein's wife and daughter that yeah. find him at the end. So they were the ghosts trying to help him, and then. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Both his <laughs> his mom and his dad are both dead. Yeah, we'll take him in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's... I do like in this movie a lot the design of Freudstein. He's yeah. super creepy and weird and gross looking. Yeah, it's it's not as much as a zombie as we usually have, but uh, just a weird monster being. Yeah, like a disgusting... I don't know, but it's just really bad. And we've get all these and we did get that good shot of Anne getting her head whacked off. And then her head rolls down in front of Bob. And I Bob was really brave to go back down into the basement. Like his mom's like, You're crazy. There's no dead people down there. Oh, okay. And he just goes back down to where he had seen this dead woman. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, his true. De- his yeah, his dead babysitter get her head chopped off. So overall, it's it's worth a watch for sure. The yeah, House by the Cemetery is worth a watch. Yeah, every one of them is worth a watch. But this one is... I'll, I usually never go to House by the Cemetery when I'm looking to watch Fulci anything. It's not my go-to. All right, man. You have any uh, final thoughts about Fulci? I feel like I kind of talked a lot during this episode. So yeah, it but been- it's really a problem with these. I, I watched them all this week, and I already forgot most of them like i i feel like in another year i can watch all of them again and watch them fresh once more it's right uh, and 
I, I'm not sure why that is, uh, especially with Italian movies, but that happens to me a lot with those kind of movies. Maybe it's because they all have a thousand different titles. Maybe it's because most of it is special effects and the story is always kind of weird and kind of similar. Right. But like with, with lots of these Italian movies, I'm having a hard time keeping them apart and knowing and connecting the movies to the titles. But it's really probably because... Um, with these like House by the Cemetery is the closest to the original where the German title is actually House by the Cemetery just and well it's actually House by the Cemetery Wall because yeah Germany okay. has always uh, to add something but right. the, the Beyond uh, the German title for the Beyond is the Ghost City of the Zombies <laughs> and so you know if usually I have to like know one title for a movie or maybe one title and the translation because it's similar. But with all these Italian movies, I always have to know at least two titles if we're not going by the original Italian title or any other title that might come up. And that's maybe really hard to keep them all uh, together. But even like, yeah, the, the stories are very similar. Well, we watched a trilogy that's all about the same plot, basically. So that right, doesn't yeah. make it easier. <laughs> and that's the thing is this is considered part of the Gates of Hell trilogy, but as we mentioned earlier, they don't connect in any way whatsoever, but the stories are just so similar. Yeah, it's all about they're, they're Gates all about, of Hell. Right, Hell being spilled out onto well, the it's, Earth. It's kind of like uh, with John Wook Park and his uh, uh, Vengeance trilogy, which yeah. is just about the same kind of plot. But with um, Chan Book Park, he tried to say something with each movie, while um, <laughs> Fulci just like needed a reason to uh, have more gore. <laughs> more gore. Just give me yeah. more gore. That's all you need. And I, I feel like maybe I sound like I didn't like these movies, but I love them. And I, I'd watch them again right away just for all the gore that's happening. But Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, like they're, they're, they're fantastic. All, they're all really good and worth a watch for sure. But yeah, don't yes. don't I don't feel like I will remember most of what's happening other than a few major scenes. Right. And and you know, I felt that way about a lot of it. I think I get that way with the cannibal movies. <laughs> all of the different cannibal movies that came out, they just all become a blur yeah, in my they, mind. They all kind of mesh up, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That's our um Gates of Hell trilogy discussion. And we've got what? One more one more episode before Christmas? Yeah. So maybe next week we'll do a holiday episode. Let, we'll let's find do a couple another. of Yeah. We'll do some holiday. We'll do some Christmas horror. Um and we've got the oh, I don't know when it releases with you, the new Black Christmas comes oh, out I, next uh Friday. Let me so see. Maybe you can look it up. It should yeah. release around the same time over here since it's uh like it doesn't make sense to release Black Christmas on like well, maybe if we February. can both squeeze in seeing that, we can um, do a Black Christmas episode and do all three movies. Talk a little yeah. bit about the original, because we've already talked that to death, and then talk about the remake, and then we can talk about the second remake that is about to release, at least over here in the in the States. Or maybe that's not next week. Maybe that's the week after. Yeah, here it says in Germany, it says uh, December 12th. Um... Oh, so you'll actually get it before us. I don't think we get it until the following week. So, so I'll look it up. We can see. We can look it up offline. That way we're <laughs> yeah. not just keeping people on here <laughs> Maybe while we're looking up idea. movies. Yeah. So if you want to get into contact with us, it's IHOH Podcast at all social medias and at I 
IHOHpodcast at gmail.com if you want to send a message. And as always, if you jump on to do the rates and reviews, we saw a couple of ratings come through. They didn't come through the reviews. So whoever you were, thank you for uh, putting some ratings out there. And for the International House of Horrors, I have been Joe Merle. I've been Josh. And we'll be back next week with more things terrible, horrible, brutal, bloody, gory, and the macabre.